What's going on, beautiful people? Welcome back to the Own Your Shit podcast with your host, Danielle Gertner, your ownership coach. I am here today with a very special guest, uh, someone I don't know super well, but I am really excited to get to know throughout our conversation today. Uh, I have Nikki here with me, um, and Nikki and I originally met on Instagram, uh, the gram. And then Nikki came to my ecstatic primal play class. I got to watch her move and shake and embody all the things. And um, she just seems really amazing. And so we're here today. I'm going to read you her really incredible bio. Um, A creator at birth, Nikki is constantly finding new ways to connect people to their souls. Mm, I love that. Through her holistic healing and discovery approach, she has led a multitude of people to greater alignment. Nikki's powerful dream career accelerator program, intuitive clarity and purpose readings and one-on-one mentorships help people shift into their highest self and life's purpose. In her free time, you can find Nikki teaching yoga and dancing. I saw that absolutely anywhere. She can find space, exploring the outdoors and reading 10 books at once. Heck Yes, I love it. Welcome to the podcast, Nikki. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's always so interesting when people read back your bio. I'm always like, oh, that's me. I I sound decent. (laughs) I sound pretty freaking cool. Yeah. (laughs) I read that. I was like, this this girl sounds fucking awesome. Thank you you so much for being here. You know, you're my first, I haven't done many guest podcast interviews, but the ones I've done have usually been my friends. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was really excited about this because from the moment we connected on Instagram, and I know we talked a little bit on Instagram, but then when you came to my class, there's just like, we've got like, we've got a vibe, we've got an energy and I, I, I feel it. And I think you feel it too. Um, And so I I am really excited to dive in with you uh, on all the things um, today, but starting with um, your foundations, uh, if you want to share with the the familia listening, who you are, what you do. I know I just shared your bio, but in in your present words, Mm -hmm. um, who are you? Tell us about yourself and and what brought you to the work that you do today. Yeah. um, So my name is Nikki Nornberg. I grew up in the good old Midwest in Minnesota and I found my way eventually to the very beautiful yet challenging city of Los Angeles about five and a half, six years ago, really in an attempt to find myself. Um, I did all the things that my family and society thought that I should do. I got a corporate job. I had all of the things like checked off the list that everyone around me had. And it was this moment where I achieved all of the things on my checklist and I was still unhappy. And I was still a version of myself that I was like, that's not, that's not what I keep seeing and feeling in my body. So what the hell is going on? So dance has been my passion my entire life. I've, I've done it since I was three and pretty much nothing else. And I said, I'm going to take it to the next level. So I'm going to move to Los Angeles and and really see what this whole, like doing your passion thing is all about. And, you know, funny enough, it was moving across the country, leaving everything I knew behind and trying on this passionate endeavor that I was like, well, this doesn't work either. (laughs) All of a sudden, all of my love for dance was, was gone because turning a passion sometimes into a career doesn't always work. And, um, 
so there I was, I, I always describe it as I felt just like stripped naked. I was like, who are you? What are you supposed to do? And I just thrust myself into everything, self-discovery, spirituality. I did a lot of things alone. I traveled, I met new people. And it was through this, this deep process that I started to finally see myself outside of anyone's expectations because I was living in a city by myself and where I really started to adopt and understand the way that I actually felt and felt pulled to and like listening to my voice. And it was through this kind of year and a half of deep self-discovery for no purpose other than to learn myself that I started to realize, oh my gosh, this is something that everybody goes through. I would say 90% of my friends don't like their jobs or where they're at. So many of us navigate life under these shoulds and projections of other people. And I want people to live for themselves to feel this way and to not have to move across the country and leave everything behind, but to just legitimately spend some time giving a shit about who you are and what you really want to do. And so I just started kind of pulling things together and I created this program that I tried out on some of my friends and started to work and then it turned into a business and it's just continued to evolve and expand. Um, I'm a self-discovery coach and an intuitive guide. So I essentially take people through deep self-discovery journeys to find themselves, to connect with their purpose and ignite their power. Um, and recently I've really added in more of this intuitive element because I think every single human being is intuitive. And that is such a massive component to trusting yourself, to feeling powerful and connected to your purpose. It's like the through line to everything that everyone is seeking to reach for and have in their lives. And um, it's through this recent entrance into my work that I feel like it's become even more powerful because in my opinion, it's the, it's the match that lights your power is, is the intuition. So the long way to get to saying I'm a self-discovery coach, intuitive guide, I bring people home to themselves and really get them living a life that they feel connected and aligned to, and most importantly, excited about. Yes. Yes. Uh, those of you listening that have listened to my podcast before, I think can very clearly see why I wanted to interview Nikki just from that first <laughs> feel. Um, that's so beautiful. And, you know, what kept coming up for me when you were sharing that is this, this idea of being on autopilot, you know, I think my kind of slap in the face moment, it really wasn't one moment. It was many moments of like what you said of, I was living for everybody else. I had all the boxes checked off. I had the job, I had the friends, I had the boyfriend, and I'd still go home every night and not be able to look at myself in the mirror. And if you asked me what I wanted out of life or what my fears were, or what my burning desires were, it was just this very uh, pre-scripted spiel. Yeah. And um, like you said, I think a lot of people, especially women, which is who I typically work with, and I think more so who you work with, yeah. Uh, follow this path. Um, the the boss babe lifestyle, we, we were taught that that's what we should strive to be and strive mm -hmm. to get. And so many of us get there and then come home and are like, well, shit, this isn't as great as everybody made it, made it out to be what the fuck happened. Yeah. And it is that to me, it's that idea of not knowing how to shift out of autopilot. And when I think of intuition, I think of turning the autopilot off and allowing your truest self to drive. 
and to be in the driver's seat. So what would you say is the most important aspects of intuition? Like, what is it? How do I know that it's my intuition speaking? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Your intuition is, is really like your partner in crime. There's no one else that knows you better than your intuition. And yes, your intuition is you inside of self, right? It's like the inner wisdom, but I always like to try to identify it as a separate entity because I think just as human beings, we have a really hard time, like self to self. So like, let's imagine it as this little entity that you can name, see in your head or whatever, so that it's kind of this partner in crime. Um, but you know, the thing about your intuition, and I wanted to go, I wanted to go back to this as you were talking about the autopilot. I, I say this when I teach about intuition, it's like your mind is like a roller coaster and the autopilot is like a roller coaster. There's a lot of ups and downs and twists and turns, but you keep coming back around the same thing. But when you live based by your intuition, it's life on a hang glider where you're following the wind and the patterns and the sun and some of it is your steering and some of it is not your steering. And so like, I always find visuals to be extremely important to understanding concepts because when I say a roller coaster versus a hang glider, you already understand the difference in that energy. And all of a sudden it lands in your body in a deeper way. Um, so that my friends is like the difference between living in your head and living based on intuition. But your intuitive voice is, is very quiet, which is why it's so challenging for people to hear it because it's almost this like whisper essence that comes in and it always is first. And then the ego is your protection mechanism that is very loud and has probably 10 friends with it that comes in second. And that's usually what we remember. And that's where we get this kind of pinball machine effect where we're thinking, who am I listening to? What am I listening to? And so in the greatest way to like kind of understand your intuition is it's to become the greatest witness and observer to that conversation in your head and start to witness, oh, what was that thought? It was quiet. And then this thought is louder. And I always say, write it down because the moment it leaves your body, the moment it becomes an energy that something can attach to or something that you can attach to and not just live in here. Um, and then it's just kind of this, this practice of, of being able to witness that, or oftentimes we recognize our intuition once we made the wrong decision. I mean, I guess there's no, I should say, I don't believe there's a wrong decision in anything. I think every decision leads you to where you're supposed to go. Um, sometimes it's just a different path, (laughs) but, um, I just feel that, your intuition is, is something that needs practice and attention. It's not something that you wake up and you say, Hey, I'm connected to my intuition today. It's usually something that you have to practice and keep coming back to and keep paying attention to. And I think every single person receives intuitive messages differently. Some people feel it very heavily in their body. Some people feel it like emotionally or energetically. Some people have like a thought pass. Some people have visualizations in their dreams or in their meditations. So it's really spending time with how you receive and knowing that it probably looks nothing like anyone else's. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's so many juicy nuggets in there, starting with this idea of it's different for everybody. And I I really want to drive that point home because again, this goes back to, I think, just societal conditioning of my answers are out here. And if you're not watching this on video, I'm pointing outside of me. Um, that's what we're taught. We, we go to school, we're taught, or, or even before that we're taught, our parents know better, our teachers know better, our 
<clears throat> leaders and politicians know better. And I think there's this very deep um, rooted belief for a lot of people that my answers, I cannot find them within me. Um, and I always tell my clients this, that um, I am your guide, but you are your first teacher. And, um, and also the idea of, of practice. I, I want to emphasize the power of practicing the intuition because the autopilot is a practice, right? The thoughts, the, the repetitive thoughts and conditioning are a practice. They weren't when they initially started, but then we repeated them over time. Um, I don't know if you know, do you know Abraham Hicks? Yes. Um, in one of the, her messages, it was actually the first time I'd ever heard her speak. She said, do you believe that your beliefs are thoughts you keep on thinking? Mm. Do you believe that your beliefs are thoughts you keep on thinking? And if you answer yes to that question, that you do believe that your thoughts are, or your beliefs are thoughts you keep on thinking, well, then do you believe that you have the power to change your thoughts? Mm. or your beliefs. I'm fucking this up. Um, but by changing those repetitive thoughts and those repetitive patterns, and then you mentioned being the witness, because the question that I would ask myself and have asked myself when I started on this journey was, okay, well, how do I change my thoughts? What's the first step in changing those thoughts? And the first step is becoming the witness. And speaking of metaphors, a metaphor I love to use is sitting in, my grandma took me to see the Nutcracker when I was younger. Such incredible show um, or performance. And we sat in the balcony. And so when I think about witnessing my thoughts, I think about sitting in the balcony and watching the dancers on stage. Mm -hmm. And when I can sit in that seat above the thoughts, above the dancers, I can... I can see everything that's happening. I can see them exiting stage right, stage left. I can see a little bit of the behind the scenes. I can see the whole performance for what it is. And I don't get lost in maybe one dancer or one aspect of the show, uh, this kind of zoomed out vision. So, um, so many beautiful points. My follow-up question to that is how do I, if I'm somebody, I, I hear you say this, you know, you need to witness yourself. And I'm like, what, Nikki, what? Yeah. How, how I, I, I don't, re, I don't know how to differentiate. Where do I start witnessing? What are some practices I can take with me to start witnessing myself? Yeah. My first place that I go to always is like time and energy management, because when you come to a place where you're not sure how to connect of how to observe, that usually probably means that you don't slow down, sit down with yourself or create space. And that is like rule number one for connecting with your intuition is you have to actually create space for it. And so, you know, with a lot of the people that I work with, we work around like morning or evening or afternoon routines that work with where their energy feels the most kind of like pure and open to connect. And, you know, there must be a disconnection from technology when you are connecting into intuition. This goes like majorly back to basics and just like human nature. I always recommend like getting outside as human beings, we feel connected to something greater when we are in something greater. So getting into mother nature and kind of feeling like a small speck in a really big universe, um, I think is a really beautiful way to connect. Or if some sort of move, music kind of moves you, just sort of like getting yourself into some sort of frequency or vibration that is just asking you to open up a little bit. Um, and to get into some like spiritual 
uh, things here. The crown chakra is based at the top of your head. And I always imagine my crown kind of like opening up because that's your connection to source or your intuition in the universe. And so it's kind of like <clears throat> getting yourself into a frequency. So a quiet space, maybe a nature, maybe a, a, a nice corner in your room and giving yourself time, not saying like, okay, I've got 15 minutes. It's time for me to connect, giving yourself time to drop in. And it's always something to do with the body. So I always recommend some sort of gentle breath work. I really love doing the Wim Hof method, um, some sort of meditation or simply like just gazing out the window or something that centers your energy and then just inviting any sort of conversation in. You can say like, is there a guidance that I need to hear today or asking a question or if you're into pulling Oracle cards, but something where you kind of like put up the, um, the invitation to receive because intuition is really all about receiving information. And I think that it's, it's this constant practice of doing it often because for those of us who have never really had an intuition practice, your intuition might not, you might not ask it. And it's like, Oh, I thank you. I've been waiting for you to answer. Here's your, yeah, exactly. Here's what I'm going to give you. Like your intuition is very wise and is probably going to make you work for it a little bit more before it drops it down into your body, because it's saying like, this is something that needs to be a ritual in your, in your world. And then the moment that you receive it, oftentimes, honestly, like I put up into the world, into the universe, I'm like intuition support me today. And then as I'm navigating through my day, I'm driving my car or I'm having a conversation with somebody all of a sudden plop, there comes the intuitive message because I'm not, um, my body really wants me to not be expecting it. But for some people, it can be this like massive receiving conversation, but it really is inviting in this intention of I'm ready to receive yeah. because on autopilot, we have a wall up. Right. And when we're not practicing the act of slowing down and connecting in, there's a wall. So we have to be this open energy, become this open energy before we can ever really receive. Yeah. Yeah, the, the frequency thing is in, incredibly, I mean, vital, right? We, <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm just thinking back to the version of me a couple years ago that was like, all right, all right, all right, I'm going to read the books, all right, I'm going to make the checklist, okay, I meditated, check, I, you know, I, I, I did my barefoot walking thing, check, but I yeah. wasn't, it, it was just another, I was talking to a friend about this. It's like the spiritual egotism, right there. And there's a lot of that. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of that that exists in the world of like people who are spiritual, not in my opinion, yes. uh, because it's, it's another ego hit. And I fell trapped to that. And this idea of getting yourself into a matching frequency with the universe is the only way that this these portals open, if you will. Yeah. yeah. Um, and really, and this is where embodiment I feel is just so juicy and so important in this work is, okay, well, how do I go from getting out of my head and into my body to match those frequencies is through these different embodiment practices. Um, and, um, yeah, I just, that, that the frequency, understanding that universal source energy, life energy, whatever you want to call it, has, it vibrates so high. And, you know, this is, um, 
I, I mean, we've been talking about the loss of my brother, you, you know that that's happened and um, a medium, um, we've spoken to a number of mediums and, you know, my mom keeps saying, you know, why hasn't he come and visited me yet? And even though like I've gotten messages from him, my sister feels like she's gotten messages from him. And the medium said, you know, when we're pure consciousness, which I believe he's out there, you mm -hmm. know, energy can't be created or destroyed. Yeah. It just changes form. But when we're pure consciousness, we're vibrating at such a high frequency and somebody like my mom who's grieving and who's sad and who's so on earth right now her energetic frequency cannot match that of where my brother is right now and i know that's a little bit uh deeper you know it's a we're talking about death here versus just the intuition but similarly we have to match that frequency if we want to receive those messages and I think this is a really beautiful opportunity because we're talking about intuition and what are ways to bring out the intuition. Um, one of my favorite ways to bring out the intuition is through inner child connection and play. And I know that this is really important to you and something that you really value. Um, you know, you wrote, I, I have all of my guests kind of fill out a little form and you said the magical inner child and that you, you what lights your soul on fire. You said, witnessing my inner child shine through as an adult and see how much of what I'm working um, on to become now is who she has always been. Mm -hmm. And I fucking love that because one of my greatest passions in life is getting people to understand that we cannot outrun or outlive our inner child, mm -hmm. not her wounds, her traumas, or her purest joys and natural essence. And so I'd love if we could kind yeah. of not switch direction, but just keep following what naturally yeah. came, which is what is the inner child? Um, what is, how do you connect to that inner child? Why is connecting to the inner child so important in this work? Yeah. I think inner child has become such a like hot topic mm -hmm. and I think it is an important topic to be hot. But um, what I have found is, is, you know, a lot of the inner child talk that comes up is around more of the wounded inner child, which is more like therapeutic and, and trauma and healing, which is so necessary. And I have learned so much about things that I am still working through, through that. But I think that the magical inner child or the magic of the inner child gets forgotten a lot as such a key component of self-discovery. And for me in, in my own process, um, that is where I really had the light bulb moment of, oh my God, that's me. I've been literally just like evolving as a mature adult and trying to do all of the things, but really like all I need to do is just come home to my inner child because, you know, I, I say this in my work all of the time, like the soul that is inside your newborn body is the soul that's inside of your adult body right now. Nothing has changed except for the human components of growth and of in the environment that you live in. And then like the brain. So your soul has always been the same. And that's why when you can just witness children, they're so carefree and they're so imaginative because that's before all of the environmental or societal pressures have really created a more challenging um, obstacle course to like navigate life before through. the autopilot. Yeah, exactly. And so it's, it's through the, the magical inner child where we really get to see who we really are. And 
what's so funny is like where I'm progressing my career now, I'm like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. Or like that showed up there in a different way, or that showed up there in a literal way, right? It's just kind of like all of these attributes that we're constantly like reaching for and wanting to become is a, is, is something from our inner child. And so if you feel, and you're listening to this of like, oh, you know what? I, I don't, I don't know if that connects, sit with it and find a way for it to connect. Or maybe that's an option for you to look a little deeper and say, am I sure that that's the route? Because there is something about being able to witness what your gifts have always been, what you've been naturally good at. Mm -hmm. Life is hard, hard as is. And oftentimes we find great success through things that we're naturally good at not through things that we like push really hard. Yes, of course that brings us success, but there is an element of ease and flow that we don't recognize is really where the power is. And that's from the feminine energy, which is a whole different conversation. But like, we want to be living through our purpose and through our soul, which happens with ease. And um, that is all derived from the inner child. My, My dad, actually, when I was in my crisis mode, he pulled together um, a bunch of old, you know, letters of recommendations and and papers that I had written in my youth. And he just circled some key themes and like laid it in front of me and was like, does this resonate with you at all? What is missing? What are you seeing here? And it was just like, wow. Oh my God. I've always been this way. And these are the things that I'm silencing. So, you know, key takeaway here for you friends is to sit with your inner child, look at some pictures, go through some old accolades, see what is still with you and see what you're not doing anymore and see if you can bring that back. And to your point, a lot of times play just generally speaking needs to be introduced to loosen up the energy, to invite that kind of like sacral creative energy back into your bones. But then the specificity of things that you loved that are lost Um, like for me, it was writing. Like I love to like write and express creatively. And at that point I was just dancing, which is a huge component, but I was like, no, it's words. I need to like conceptualize my emotions and my thoughts through words and through analysis and through expression. And so I started leaning into that and it just opened up a whole can of worms for me. So yeah. Oh, I, I just so juicy. I I love the way you, um, the way you describe that and, and the power of connecting to this part of us that never leaves. And and again, there's this societal conditioning of, you know, grow up, stop being such a baby or stop being so immature. And it's that conditioning, you know, when you talked about why sometimes the intuition can be so hard to hear, I agree. The voice is quiet. And I, I think the voice is a lot of times scared. There's a lot of fear of that inner child, which I, I, in my brain and my work and what I talk to my clients about, I attribute that intuition very closely to that inner child, because when we come out into the world that there's a reason they say that in that children are more closely connected to the spiritual world than we are. And that part of us, like you said, it, it, it never goes away. Mm-hmm. That connection, that potential for connection to the spirit, uh, to universal energy, life force, again, whatever, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it, that makes you feel comfortable. Um, it still exists in us. And, you know, when I found animal flow is what guided me to primal play and animal flow is an actual certifying body. And it's actually pretty 
serious. It's, there wasn't a play component. Um, and I just loved this new way of moving my body, but I recognized that I started doing the same, I, I had the same mindset around it as I did working out. It was very serious. Everything had to be perfect. It, da, 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 da. I, I didn't leave, leave any room for creativity or self-expression and inner, our inner child is the root of self-expression. It's the root of creativity. It's the root of life force energy. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I think what a beautiful way and it, the example that you gave or the tool that you gave to connect to that inner child is have a picture, look at pictures of yourself as a child. I love the, I love that your dad gave you letters of recommendation and maybe journal entries or whatever it is and kind of circled these key themes. Um, you know, I think about my, my brother who every time I would say, you know, what are you really passionate about? And he would say, I, I, I don't know. And that I don't know was coming from uh, this ego that was fearful of it not being the right thing, mm -hmm. it not being adult enough, it not being mature enough, it not being, um, uh, what's the word? Not exclusive. I don't Accepted. Know. Accepted. Yeah. Like yeah. adult like. Um, and what I would always tell him was like, well, you grew up playing golf and you grew up playing hockey and you love sports and, and trying to tap him back into, um, into that side, that, that creative life force. So I love the inner child and I'm, I'm glad it seems such a powerful part of your work too. And it, it's interesting because I want to share this story with you. And I wonder if you have similar thoughts on this. I, um, it is such a fancy buzzword concepts now coaches I mean I see coaches everywhere they're like mm -hmm. we do in child work and inner child healing and I'm trauma informed which again these are I'm not mm -hmm. saying that to knock on these things they're very important but I love what you shared because I think we share this very deeply when I teach about the inner child sure we talk about the unmet needs and some of the inner child wounds and how they manifest themselves as adults in our attachment styles and those types of things. Cause it is important. That's totally. just real. <laughs> yeah. But you're right. Not enough coaches are focusing on how about this other not wounded part of the inner child, just more hidden part of the inner child, mm -hmm. more maybe shy part of the inner child that I think is the key to unlocking so much of this creative potential and um, power. And I love that play and focusing on the inner child play and playfulness and building that relationship with your inner child again is an emphasis in the work that you do because it's, yeah. it's so important. So important. Yeah. Well, and when we're trying to uncover, like so many people that I work with are really like desiring, like, what's my purpose? Like, what am I really here to do? And there is so much awakening of energy that has to occur to even like decide that, right? Yes, of course, there has to be healing and movement and, and, and space created, but really it has to be an ignition of energy and a remembering. And, you know, I, I did a workshop one time where I led them through an inner child meditation, connecting to the magic of the inner child. They like played around with their inner child on a playground. And there were so many women that reflected saying, I've done an immense amount of like healing inner child work with my therapist. And they were like, I've never visited the 
excited, happy version of her. They were like, I needed that more than ever. And I just think it's so important for us in, in all of this, like self growth, healing support work that you do to make sure that as much as you heal, you ignite, because there has to be an amount of, of present and, and moving into and becoming that has to occur. Otherwise you'll never move out of the healing. I mean, I, in the last year, I was in a massive healing of myself and, um, I, I had to actively say, okay, I'm closing the door on this. I've done so much healing. I need to work on a different energy frame for me to actually accelerate. So there, there sometimes has to be a point in our journeys where we say, okay, I've done a lot of this. It's time for me to enter into a different, into a different approach. And that's where I feel like coaching can be so supportive is because there are so many different styles and there's, um, so many different specificities that people have that can really ignite what people are needing and looking for. So that's been really exciting to me because I feel as though, um, watching people understand and see themselves again is one of the most rewarding things I've ever, I've ever done. And I'm like, I didn't, I didn't do anything. I, I guided you to see yourself, but that you have always been there. That treasure chest inside of your body has literally always been there. So that's like just the most rewarding thing to do and, and full circling all the way back. If you're craving purpose and connection with yourself, you've got to find a way to prioritize time for you and only you. And that is the beginning of everything. That's the beginning of everything. <laughs> the start of life. Um, I was literally, as you said that, I was like, yeah, that's the quote that we're going to use in your promo. That was just so powerful. It really was of just, um, if you want to truly, you can heal, but you also have to ignite. And I, what a powerful, those of you listening, what a powerful, um, what a powerful idea to truly understand um, because there's a lot of coaches out there and coaches and therapists. And, um, and again, they do great work. I, I really do that believe that most people's intentions are pure, but it's this emphasis on you're broken, you're broken. There's something wrong. We need to fix you. You need to do this program with me because you're not living, you know, the life you want. And that is true. Um, that you might not be living the life that you want, but you're not broken. You're blocked. And you're on autopilot and we keep coming back to that. And so I love, you know, as coaches, we're the mirror. We hold up the mirror and we say, Hey, I see you. Let me flip this. So you can see you the way that I see you and what your potential is and what's available to you. Um, because you're right. This is double-edged sword. And they talk about this all the time. I actually, um, where I wanted to, what I, the story I wanted to share with you was, um, I had a girl that was working with my business for a while, helping me, you know, um, with like a lot of behind the scenes stuff, um, helping me grow my email list, that type of thing. And as she learned more about my work and saw that I did, um, inner child play is what I call it. Um, but she attributed that with inner child healing, which is a part Mm -hmm. of what we do. Um, she stopped working with me. She said, you know, she was in, and just to give some background, she was in the coaching industry previously left the coaching industry because of their, this emphasis on you're broken and we're going to dive into the inner child. And, you know, I was upset when she left, Mm -hmm. but I understood 
because there is this very dangerous path that people can go down of diving too deeply into those inner child traumas and getting lost in them again, in those wounds. And instead of, you know, when I got my NLP certification, they taught us this idea of timeline dynamics. And just to give a quick spiel on this, it's just looking at a situation from a bird's eye view. I don't take you back there and drop you into those traumas and wounds, but I do want you to look at them. I want you to acknowledge that they're part of you and then pull you back into, okay, well, how do we use that for the future? And so I just, I really appreciate this emphasis of play and the lightheartedness, which is our natural essence. Yeah. We're not broken. Mm-hmm. We might be hurt. We're not broken. And we have all of this potential to create and expand and live in joy and pure mm-hmm. presence. Um, and that's part of the healing too, is play. Well, and I don't know if you know anything about Peter Levine's work. He's like the somatic experiencing guy. Um, He doesn't, he, his school of thought is like, I believe that, you know, traumas occur in the body. And so he doesn't take anybody back into the mind of an event. He just takes them into the place in their body where it's stored. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's an entire methodology. I'm not certified in that or anything, but I think it's fascinating. And I think that that's why you and I both are such like body people the body is such an important way to move through emotions to create energy to release energy to heal and I think that the play component is getting you into your body um and and just moving through things I I think that it's so important energy gets so stuck in our bodies just in general especially for those of us that sit behind a desk and and work at a computer all day long there there has to be like kind of a recycling of energy it's almost like what goes out needs to also refill and come back in so there's like a replenishment and a releasing and then also obviously an igniting and creation that has to occur but the body is such a an important component we can focus on mindset work all day but if we're not actually getting into our bodies as as a practice and then you know, and that's why for me, mind, body, spirit is the ultimate. That's the way that you heal and create anything is has to be through those three components. If we focused on just one, we're missing the pieces. Um, and that's why for me, like the chakras have just been such a, a, a beautiful backbone of, of my work because it's like mind, body, spirit. They're located in your body. They're connected to the different energy systems. It's a spiritual connection, but then also the actual components of each are the perfect segments to understanding your human experience and your life. And to go back to blocks, like blocks is the perfect way to put it. When I do a clarity and purpose reading on somebody, I'm going into each chakra and reading like what is going on in that that's keeping you from progressing into your potential. Because again, it's not a wounding. It's more of just like, this is what needs to be worked through to ignite this or this energy system is where you need to spend more focus on to allow other energy systems to open up. So, um, the mind, body, spirit component is, is a very, very important part to every piece of growth and healing. Yeah. We're not just these, you know, we're not just these physical, I call them earth suits. The earth suits are just part of, they're our vessel. Um, and you know, again, in this 3d world, I feel like the, the conditioning, the emphasis is on this physical body and, um, you know, 
now more than ever, the, the curiosity in me of this spiritual energetic realm has, it's so potent right now. I want to communicate with my brother. I want to know where Mm -hmm. he is. And I believe that he's out there. Mm -hmm. Um, and that there is a part that, that our essence is love and is energy. And we just come into this this vessel for a short period of time so we can do this human experience thing. Um, And then we go off somewhere else and, and being able to connect to all those different aspects of yourself and not fall trapped to these ideas that were uh, not knowledgeable enough to connect and to be intuitive and to manage our own energy and to feel into our own energy. And it does take practice. And um, one of my coaches shared this quote with me. I don't know if they said it or somebody said it, but they say, it's not a knowledge game. It's a practice game, you know, and, and I say that to my clients all the time, I can give you knowledge and I'm sure you give your clients some knowledge, right? We teach them tools. We teach them concepts about the inner child and the ego. And I do this, like who's sitting at the dinner table activity, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, knowledge doesn't mean shit if we're not. (laughs) embodying it every day and we're not putting that knowledge into practice and where I would love to transition for the last little bit of this is um this idea of masculine and feminine energies Mm -hmm. and I know I mentioned this to you that I really wanted to talk about this but we're talking about you know the chakras and these different energy systems and you know I've, I've started to get really interested in this masculine and feminine energy what it is how does it play a role and when when do each benefit me? When, when do I, should I tap more into my masculine? When should I tap more into my feminine? How do I live a life that celebrates both of those parts? Because we all, we carry, we carry multiple energies, but we carry both of those. Yeah. So I'm going yeah. to let you geek out on that for a few minutes. Yeah. So um, we need both. And I think what happens oftentimes in this conversation is like one gets shamed over the other or something, but I also think societally, we're very wounded masculine dominant, which is like the hustle, the competition, the like, the ego, the the intensity, right? Like have to stay at work for 12 hours to make sure that my boss thinks that I care about my job. Versus we also think that the, the feminine energy is the wounded feminine, which is like the victim, the like doesn't wanna speak up like the weaker energy, like those are the things that we think are masculine and feminine, but the divine side of both is where we really are looking to be and feel balanced in because like the divine masculine is a great leader, a great listener, great at compromise and the divine feminine, who baby. I mean, she is intuitive. She is sensual. She is all knowing. And I think that what's so important is for us to kind of sit and identify what components of each that we have so that we can see where we need to kind of balance and work um, a little bit more into. But I like to say the masculine is the cup and the water in the cup is the feminine. We need to have structure. The masculine creates structure, but the feminine is actually the juice that fills it. So, you know, a lot of times I, I speak to corporations on like how to create better, you know, employee satisfaction through empowering a more balanced energy system inside of each person, because we really value in corporate America, 
the people that like to stay late, that are super structured, super organized. But what if there's somebody in your creative department who needs to work outside, work from a coffee shop, be somewhere else, work different hours to really produce their greatest work. It's really being able to empower the individual on how their greatest work and their greatest ideas thrive. But it's, it's funny because I think we believe that success comes through the masculine. And in my opinion, I think the success comes through the feminine because the feminine is knowing. She is so sure of herself, of her ideas and of what she creates that she just does it. And it's that like easeful energy. It's easy because it's more of just like an expression of the soul than like a producing. Um, And so I think that if more and more of us, since most of us lean on the more masculine side can lean into really letting things be easier and really leaning into that intuitive relationship and really asking yourself about trust, then that's going to just create more success and and abundance in in everywhere that you exist. But from like a, and this is funny because it's so masculine and I'm so masculine, but um, from a, like a, funnel perspective, I always say, you know, create the structure. So let's say you have a date, like if you're for a business owner, right? Okay. You've got a date, you have a general understanding. You want to have a social media campaign. You want to have a workshop, whatever. And then the intuition is what fills it. And so you don't go into structured mode to create you ask yourself, how do I connect with my intuition, my creativity? And so the real creation of the thing comes through a really mind, body, spirit, organic, beautiful creation, not from a sit at your desk and pray to God that your creativity showed up that day. Mm. So it's like creating the parameters for yourself of like, I need these details, but then to fill in the meat you got to go into the, the really juicy practices and let that be feel good. Like, let that be the professional, the successful thing, because so many of us try to find our greatest gifts by sitting behind a computer screen. And that is very rare. Yeah. It's not where it's coming from. It's not. Um, I, I love the analogy of the cup and the water, because again, I, I'm a metaphor person too. I'm a very visual person. Yeah. And so this, that really lands of like, here's the structure and here is the flow. And, um, you know, when I think about this feminine energy, I think of also allowing life to like, I might have a goal, right? I think about it this way. Maybe having the goal is a little bit more masculine. Here's my target. Here's my, my deadline, but how I get to that goal is the feminine's journey. Yes. How I dance or walk or twirl or somersault to my goal and the masculine might be no we're going to go this way this way this way we're going to take this step this step this step and the feminine's like we're just going to get there however the hang glide i'm going to hang glide my way to the goal Uh, i'm allow the universe to support me i'm going to allow the trust within myself to guide me to how this goal is supposed to come to life Mm -hmm. um it's uh there's a saying it's like we don't always have to know um, how, if we know why. And so I feel like the masculine may be a little bit more of the why, the purpose, and here comes the feminine of, of releasing the attachment to the how. Exactly. And that's where the whole me saying like, there's no right or wrong step, no Mm -hmm. right or wrong answer happens is because 
no matter what in life, everything is leading you to your highest and greatest good. So it just comes in different shapes, sizes, and messages, right? So um, it's important for us to sometimes know that like, maybe when you get fired from your favorite job, it's actually a doorway that's opening you somewhere else, right? You know, I, I think I posted about this the other day. It's like your failures and your successes are through the same door because it's literally just this, it's just a gateway that is leading you closer and closer. But to your point, it's like, I think what happens is a lot of people focus on the how before they even know where the bullseye is. So it's like the bullseye is the thing that you need to understand, which is where all of this like self-discovery work comes into. You don't have to, you know, a lot of people, when they come to me, what's my purpose? They think, what's my job? And I'm like, your purpose is so much bigger than a job. Your job is just a mode that you get to express and live through and continue to like put energy toward and take you closer and closer to that bullseye. But it really is like this greater energy, like to help and to heal, to inspire, you know, like there are so many like really big purpose purposes that are like assigned to each and every single one of us and allowing different things to live it out. You know, like there are some moms that are stay-at-home moms to raise their kids and then they turn into business owners and both of those things are progressing them closer toward their purpose. It doesn't have to be labeled as a career. And I think that that's one of the most important things for people to recognize is like purpose doesn't equal career, which is like semi-confusing because my program is called Dream Career Accelerator and I am literally axing that name because it is such a I recognize that like, I originally was like, I want to help people find their dream career and their purpose. But I was like, it's so much bigger than that. It's more like discovering yourself and where you're going. Um, so that's getting a rebrand, but, um, but it is just more about who you are and how you get to continue pushing all of your efforts toward that, that purpose. Yeah. Well, even, I mean, I love that you're choosing to change the name and just evolve the program. But I, I also think about, um, you know, you can be helping people find their purpose and then find the career that helps them express that purpose, which is really beautiful. And all of this, right. Just to kind of really tie a bow around everything that we've talked about today, all of this really comes down to when people say, well, how, how do I do it? How do I do it? How do I do it? Um, It comes down to turning off the autopilot and getting present with yourself and making presence a practice, making presence a practice, making being, I, I said this to my head of communications yesterday, we were doing a meditation and sometimes I can just kind of go into the motions of leading a meditation. Like I was taking her through a, a, a very somatic meditation. Um, and I've done these many times before, even when I'm going through them, I'm like, you know, like think about something you, or, or tune into something that you hear or smell or feel, but I won't actually tune into what I smell or hear or feel. And so how do you make presence a practice? How do you make being with yourself, as you mentioned, a priority so that you can start to actually understand what it feels like to turn off autopilot? I think people are really afraid of that. You know, when we're, if it's something we've been conditioned to do and we've been practicing our whole lives, turning it off is our ego's like, what the fuck? What are you doing? Hell no. Yep. 
I'm going to, I'm going to do everything in my power to make that really uncomfortable for you. Um, but the more we do it, the more we build that self-trust of like, okay, I'm not going to die by turning mm-hmm. off autopilot and asking my inner child, like, Hey, little D that's what I named her, which I also love that you talk about, um, personifying these parts of yourself, because I think it does make such a huge difference. What you had said earlier, um, intuition, I'm open, like I'm open to be guided today. You said something along those lines, mm-hmm. as if you were talking to a friend. Mm-hmm. And I love that because these parts of ourselves are our friends. So anyway, side tangent there, but um, I don't know what I was saying. Something about being present, being present, building this presence practice is how we actually do this work. It's how we connect to the intuition. It's how we start to figure out what the purpose is. Um, I really think that's what it comes down to being here now yeah. with what's yeah. real. And I think it is such, it's so important to like literally strip down all of your plugs. Like we're all plugged into other people's, to technology, to responsibilities, to whatever. Um, But I think that one of the most important ways to get present is to be alone, step outside and be by yourself. Like that was one of the biggest components for me. And I know that not everybody operates as this, but like I was very social, reliant on people to feel comfortable in spaces. Like I had to go to events with friends and I just started going to new events, new places by myself. And it was through these kind of uncomfortable moments where I was the only person that showed up alone, you know, that I had to all of a sudden like use these deeper rooted tools to find connection, to find myself and to like work through something. It's such a like sure, fast way to be present because you're like, oh my God, nobody's sitting by me at the table. I'm a loner, like got to do something about it. And so it's just really stripping it down of everything that you really feel comfort and, and knowing in and allowing yourself to be new. Um, you know, I always love to go on like outdoor adventures and excursions that challenge me because they force me to be present. Um, but I also think that you don't have to do that. Like you can definitely just put yourself into situations. Like if going out to dinner by yourself is awkward, do it. Um, because you have to be so present and not on autopilot to do that. Um, and then really like allowing success. And I say this because I feel like, you know, I I used to be like a huge morning routine person. And then it's more like, just find an hour in your day that is going to be your ritual. So if you're do it in the evening, do it in the morning, do it over lunch, but just do it and, and make sure that it's at a consistent time so that it can be like this thing that you really can fall back on and, and rely on and fill yourself up. Um, but there has to be like a non-negotiable time frame, Otherwise it'll never happen. And it feels uncomfortable. So like, let yourself know there's going to be mornings you want to press snooze, but then there's going to be a, a day that you jump out of bed because you can't wait. I mean, that's like me with my morning routine. I'm like, oh my God, if I snooze, then I'm going to miss my morning routine. That's, that can't happen. So once you start to like reap the benefits of feeling what it's like to connect with yourself and to fill your cup and to feel that intuitive connection, you never want to miss it. Yeah. So you just got to keep going until you get to that point. Because it's, you know, self-trust keeps coming up, right? When we build these practices, when we connect to our intuition, when we connect to our inner child, when we are connecting and and finding this um, 
this synergy between mind, body, and soul, we're building that self-trust. And I don't know of anything more empowering than trusting myself that no matter what's happening around me. And I've gotten this question or people have made this comment to me a lot of like, man, you're handling this really well. This being the death of my brother, like, yeah, you're, you're handling it really well. Like I, I would be a mess. And, um, it, everybody handles grief very differently. People also don't see me on my lowest moments, but um, I think a huge part of it is the work I've done over the last four years where I have cultivated this self-trust that even in the depths of the pain or the frustration or the despair, I know that I always have me and I know that I can tap into, okay, is this a story that's being created in my head or is this really present in my body right now? Um, and if it's really present in my body right now, cause if it's in my head, I can recognize that really easily and be like, all right, I am choosing to release that thought and bring myself into the present moment. But it's, if it's in my body, I can say body or little D, what is it that we need? And I have that trust and that those tools to give myself what I need in the moment. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, after, out of everything that we've talked about today, um, this is the, the, the benefit, the beauty of um, building this intuition and, and understanding who you are is, is self-empowerment and self-trust. And that's something nobody can take from you. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Well, and to your point, it's kind of like, I think everybody goes into the process of discovering themselves for a specific reason. They want the relationship or they want the job, but at the end of the day, you get so much more than that. Like you can process through grief in a different way. You can process through just like the ups and downs of your own, like mental roller coaster, right? You can wake up feeling different. There are so many other nuanced components that nobody really realizes that they need to have with them at all, at all times to just navigate life in a more, um, understanding way. Cause you just like, we keep coming back to the to the stage, to the bird's eye, whatever, you're seeing everything from your human experience to your soul, to the universal experience together as one. And you just understand it because I think that that's where people get really um, disconnected with themselves, unfulfilled, unsatisfied is when they don't understand. They're seeing just that one line of sight and not the entire picture. Mm -hmm. And I think it's when you're in full entirety of all of the things that you just start to see everything as like an energy shift and a piece of your puzzle. Yeah. And it gives you, I, I was reading um, because we're in the embodiment piece of my own your ship program right now. And, you know, I was just watching some videos and reading some things and um, they, there was one, I don't remember the quote exactly, but there was one article that I was reading that was talking about embodiment gives you choice, the power of choice. When I choose to be in my body, when I choose that bird's eye view, when I choose to listen to my intuition, I no longer have to be a victim of my circumstances or my stories or my conditioning. I can choose to experience my reality in whatever way I want to. Mm -hmm. And um, I just think, you know, you said, what are you in this form again what are you most looking forward to sharing with the community waking up your personal power and personal power utilizing that personal power is a choice how you use that power is a choice and I really think you know at the end of the day when we are embodied when we are self-aware when we are um uh 
when we have that self-trust, we give ourselves the power of choice. And when we have the power of choice, we have, we have everything at our, exactly. at our, at our fingertips, which is really Amen. So, um, okay. So I have one more question I want to ask you, and then I want you to share, uh, the amazing things that you have going on in your world and how the community connect, can connect with you. But I ask every guest this, um, and that is how do you define, like, what does owning your shit mean to you? Mm, being a hundred percent accountable for everything. I think when it comes to anything that happens in your life, whether it be a relationship, a conversation or any engagement, we're really, really quickly, like we really quickly point fingers at other people, put blame, want to tell somebody else that's their problem. But at the end of the day, like we have to take hundred percent ownership over ourselves and accountability. And there is just like always something that you can do, even if someone is being horrible, there's always something you can do because to your point, it's all coming back to choice. And we have so much choice in how we respond, how we react, how we speak. And I just feel that like owning your shit is realizing that it's, that it's, it's always you. you and, and that's not a blaming you thing, but there's, it's always you that you come home to. It's a power thing. It's yeah. your power back. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And like my fiance always says, it's about taking a hundred percent ownership. It's not 50, 50. We're not like two halves that equal a whole it's two 100%. And it's so true because I think that that's when we get too reliant on people and we feel like we need other things and other people, but really it comes back to self always. Mm. Um, so that's how I would say I own my shit. Hell yeah. I love it. I love it. My, one of my favorite quotes is it's not always your fault, but it is always your responsibility. Mm. Um, so yeah, what a beautiful way to wrap that up. Um, so many amazing things talked about. I mean, those of you listening, wow, what a fucking episode. I can't believe I snagged you for this. Um, (laughs) tell the beautiful people how they can connect with you. What do you have coming up? How, if somebody is listening to this and is like, that girl's dope, which I know most of the people are going to be thinking that right now, how do they find you? What are ways they can work with you? Yeah. Um, I, I typically am on Instagram, so Nikki.Norenberg is my handle. Um, it's funny. I just finished up like a bunch of programs and things. So I'm kind of in a season of I'm getting married. So I'm really only doing one-on-one things. Um, but my favorite offering right now is these clarity and purpose sessions. It's a one-time session. It's, it's more of an intuitive energy reading. You could say it's not scary. Um, but as I mentioned earlier in the, in the episode, I, I go through each chakra and I really get a great feel for specific messages that are happening in each and every single chakra, which are all of the components of your life and give you guidance. And honestly, a lot of very tangible takeaways. So it's like intuitive coaching as well, um, to help you progress and really lean into your purpose and your potential. And in my opinion, they shift people really quickly and are such an awesome way to just like kickstart that, that self-discovery journey. So, um, that is mainly what I'm offering right now, but come fall, I'm going to be just popping off with new things after I'm married and moved to Texas and reunited with you. So I'm so excited. Um, that sounds amazing. I'm, I'm even thinking I would love to do a session with you. So we'll set that up after, uh, after this and yeah, folks listening, my peeps community, um, take advantage. I feel so grateful to have people like you come and share just such powerful, truly 
life-changing information and not life-changing in a complicated way. You know, you had said this idea of going back to the basics. Um, and that's really what this work is, is taking you back home to yourself, to what you already know, to what you were put on this earth to do and feel. And it's just gotten clouded. I think of this idea of, I use this metaphor of like paper mache. Like when we come into the world, our, our souls are like covered in paper mache and all of these conditionings. And, and here we are just, we're just peeling back those layers of paper mache to get you back to who you truly are. So yeah, absolutely. Um, you're amazing. I will link your Instagram. And if you have a website, whatever you want me to link in the show notes, <laughs> I love saying that feels so sad. Yeah, <laughs> link in the show notes. <laughs> um, but anything that you want to share, I'll put in the podcast uh, description. Um, folks, please stay connected with this incredible human. I know that our journey is just beginning together, which I'm really excited about. We will be back in Austin kind of around the same time, which will be super cool. Um, and thank you so much for being here. You're amazing. It was such a great conversation. I'm so excited to share this with everybody. Me too. Thank you so much. Yeah.